This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the very best media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Jonathan and Caleb Spears. And before we get to Jonathan and Caleb, a couple of quick announcements. Number one, uh, we have done a completed now over 200 episodes. My whole intention when we started this show years ago was to provide a, a library for any agent that is looking to learn from the very best. So if you are new to the show, I really encourage you to go back through the entire series because so much of the advice that's given to us by top producers is timeless. And the easiest way to go back through those episodes without just infinitely scrolling through your podcast app is to visit our website. So you can find us at keepingitrealpod.com. Again, keepingitrealpod.com. And in there, we have every episode we've ever done with all the uh, titles and descriptions and you can even play it right through our website so please again find us there and go through those old episodes there's so much wisdom there and the second thing is to follow us on Facebook every day we find an article that was written designed to help agents grow their business we post a link to that along with all of our episodes you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod and real quickly before we get to our top producers Jonathan and Caleb Spears from Florida I would like I have an update on Jonathan and Caleb because we recorded this episode a couple of weeks ago, sort of a behind the scenes thing here that you probably don't know is that we record episodes and then we produce them and it takes us usually a few weeks to do that. Well, that's really normal and common, but here is what is really unusual. So Jonathan and Caleb, and they are such great guys. You're about to hear this awesome story about how they built their business and what they're doing specifically that you could emulate and replicate to to have a, a similar level of success. Anyway, in those two weeks where we were producing the episode, they reached back out to us and said, hey guys, we have a little update for you. Uh, because what you're what you're about to hear is I'm going to intro them and going to talk about how they've done $675 million in sales. Well, in just two-week time, that number has dramatically increased. They have now closed over $700 million in real estate. They went up $25 million in literally two weeks. That's how amazing these guys are. And you know what? Without further ado, let's get to them because they're going to be way more interesting than listening to, listening to me drone on and on. So guys, uh, first, before we do that, thank you to everyone who listens. Really appreciate it. We love having you as listeners. And if you have any other agents that you think would be a good fit, let us know. But now on to our interview with Jonathan and Caleb Spears. Today on the show, we have Jonathan and Caleb Spears from Scenic Sotheby's International Realty in Destin, Florida, and 30A, and all of Northwest 
Florida, let me tell you a little bit about Jonathan and Caleb. Uh, so Jonathan is an entrepreneur at heart. He considers it his greatest achievement to deliver exemplary service and keen expertise as he helps his customers achieve their real estate goals. Now to date, he has closed over 675 million in real estate sales. And for his second consecutive year, Jonathan was named the youngest member of the thousand top real estate professionals as published by the Wall Street Journal, inking him in the top one half of 1% of more than 1.3 million realtors nationwide. He devotes the same uncom uncompromising dedication and work ethic to his customers in every transaction. So Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Thank you. And now let's, let's welcome your brother, Caleb. Now, Caleb is an Emerald Coast native, and he earned a bachelor's degree with a minor in entrepreneurship from Florida State University at the age of 20. I think I, I, I don't think I graduated till 22, so congrats there, and he had an associate's degree before he had even finished high school. He is a, uh, an amazing hard worker. Uh, that, this hard work and diligence, um, those achievements required, translates really well into his daily real estate business. Uh, Caleb specializes in new construction and income-producing properties for his investment-minded clients. Now, Caleb conducts his business with integrity and is results-oriented. He is also in the top 1% of individual agents, market-wide by sales volume and is deeply motivated in everything he does by his desire to make a difference. Caleb, also welcome to the show. Thank you, DJ. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. You guys are brothers, we should say, if I didn't mention that before. And um, really excited to, to have you guys. Um, and if it's okay, I think what would maybe make the most sense, our audience always loves to hear a good origin story. Let's going all the way back to the beginning. Uh, Jonathan, do you mind sharing sort of how you got into real estate, why real estate, and, um, and, and how you got started? Yeah, absolutely. So Caleb and I actually took similar paths. Um, we are five years apart in age, so I'm the older brother. He would say he's the younger, better looking one, but uh, <laughs> my wife begs to differ. Um, but we, uh, we both got started early in terms of our education. So I started college at the age of 14. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I just want to pause for a second. That's yeah. like Doogie Hauser from the, well, that's probably bef way before your time. Um, how did you start? Exactly right. I had a YouTube Doogie. <laughs> 14 is, does that mean you graduated high school or did you have, do you were you able to skip high school and go straight into college? I skipped high school completely. I never stepped foot in high school and don't have a high school diploma. I just have college degrees. Amazing. Yep. So right. very I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pause you, but that's no, 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 no. It's okay. Um, yeah. Very fortunate to get to uh, fast track early. Um, I remember my mom had to drop me off at college the first two years that I went. Sure. I, I didn't have a driver's license. Right. Um, and that's where I started getting called Doogie Hauser by my classmates. And I had okay, no idea. Okay, so I'm not the first person. Good, good. No, good. no, no, no. I love it. Um, <laughs> I actually, um, I did have to YouTube Joe and, and uh, Neil Patrick Harris did a great job. So I wasn't <laughs> upset about it. But, sure. um, you know, I was very entrepreneurial as a kid and... Uh, I knew what I wanted to do very early. So when I told my parents I wanted to try to take advantage of a local program that allowed um, essentially young high schoolers, entry-level high schoolers to start taking college courses, they were not surprised and allowed me to kind of pursue that goal. And thankfully, I was able to fast-track school. And not only did I graduate high school right at the cusp of 18, 19, or excuse me, college, but I also got my real estate license immediately 
uh, entering adulthood. So I remember studying for my real estate course on my 18th birthday and it was, uh, it was awesome. I got my license two or three months afterwards. Well, I was going to say that surprises me, but at this point it doesn't surprise me. That's incredible. Um, so have you been exclusively doing real estate since you were 18? Have you have explored other paths as well or? I would say that I've been a student of the real estate business as a whole since I was even younger than 18. It's what wow. drew my interest of getting a license. Um, growing up in Florida, we grew to love tourism development and really an appreciation for how beautiful our area is. Sure. And not only do I want to share it with other people, but also look to be a leader in the community. And so through real estate sales in particular, I was able to kind of dabble in the development, the design side, both architecturally and on you know larger scale in terms of luxury developments, single family homes, condos, and uh, really everything under the sun. It's incredible. So at 18, when you have your license, the big, the, the, the begs the question, how do you build a business when literally nobody your age I mean, really, probably very few people are even renting unless they just happen to be uh, not going to college at that age and they're staying local or they're going to a local college and they're not living on, on campus. Um, so your, your friends are probably not the best resource and maybe they're, maybe they're parents or something. But how, how do you go about building a business at 18 that seems like a super daunting task? Well, I realized very quickly, and, and by the way, I turned 18 in 2010, which was knee deep. <laughs> in the global recession. Another fortunate um, you, you know, I was, exactly, yeah. Well, what, hindsight's always twenty twenty. At the time, I don't know that I appreciated all of the volatility that uh, sure. was surrounding the real estate market, but, um, you know, being able to learn to problem solve at such a high level at a very early age was very helpful and still to this day beneficial for my career. So I started off uh, working foreclosures, which at the time, you know, oh. we had just had the Gulf oil spill, which, sure. um, you know, we didn't necessarily have a direct impact on the beach physically, but um, the overall media attention and um, the, the feel of the market was depressed at the time. Right. And uh, I remember, you know, I was diving headfirst into a new career with um, with that environment. And it was the best thing that could have possibly happened to me because I learned to, to sail my ship essentially in a hurricane. So yeah. um, working foreclosures, I learned to, to handle high volumes of transactions. And for me, it was just a front row seat to problem solving. So I nestled myself up against a top broker when I first started out. Smart. And somebody who'd been in the business for decades, um, they knew not only how to handle that particular economy, but also had thrived during uh, the boom, as I would call it in 2005, 2006. So I had the perfect mentor to really guide me into the beginning stages of my career. That's awesome. Um, Caleb, let's talk about, let's talk with you about how you got started. So you're five years younger than your brother. You graduated college at the old age of 20, uh, not 18. So, so you're the black sheep of the family. Um, but uh, let's talk about uh, how you got started in real estate. So I also had um, the best mentor you could ask for, which was my brother. Yeah. And uh, at the time I was, I was finishing up college. Um, I was 18 and I was working at Chick-fil-A, which if you're not from the South, that is the best fast food restaurant you're ever going to eat at in your life. We, we have was, a few of them in Chicago and I will agree with you. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're amazing. And you know, then the, the level of service they provide. Yeah. Second to none, right? You, you walk in there and they actually welcome you in and they have yeah. a smile on their face and they're legitimately excited to sell you their product and to service you. It's, it's remarkable that it seems uh, we're, we're in Chicago where McDonald's is founded and, and uh, not in any way trying to disparage any, any other company, um, but there is a level of service that Chick-fil-A provides that every real estate agent could benefit from walking in just to experience once. It is truly different from about any other real uh, fast food restaurant I've ever been to. I fully agree with you. And, and that's, I call Chick-fil-A, um, I call Sotheby's affectionately the Chick-fil-A of real estate because I believe some of these carries that same heritage as just yeah. a high level of service for sure. And, um, that working in that environment, not only was it extremely high pressure because you have so many people that are pulling you in a thousand different directions. And I was actually uh, fortunate enough to be in a management position at the time. And so I was leading teams of people that were sometimes twice my age. And, sure. um, that was in from different backgrounds, cultures, nationalities, some of them didn't speak English. I mean, it was, I really had to grow as a leader and as a servant in that role. And I'm so thankful for that experience because it really did make me so much better in my current position. Um, so I was working at Chick-fil-A. I was wrapping up college. Jonathan and I were on a vacation together with our family. And I was just kind of shooting the breeze with some people that were near us at a table. And he looked over, he said, Hey, I think you'd be great at real estate. Why don't you get your license and come join my team? And at first, my perception being 18, not knowing much about real estate at the time was the same that maybe a lot of clients of real estate agents might think, which, is, oh, they're just kind of like car salesmen. They're just in it for the money or whatever. And Jonathan, he looked at me and said, you don't understand what I do at all. I get to help people with the largest financial transaction of their lifetime. And I get to make a lasting impact on their life forever through how well I serve them during that. And that's what matters. It's not the money, it's the people. Right. And when he shifted my perspective, I got excited. I was like, that sounds awesome. I definitely want in on that. So I went and got my license at 18 and, uh, and started with him a couple months later. I quit my job and <laughs> here we are. Wow. This is incredible. Uh, what, what a great, what a great story. So, um, so let's talk about, you know, one of the things that I always like to, to start with after sort of learning where you guys came from and, and how you grew up is, is, you know, you've seen a lot of agents, I'm sure Jonathan in particular, you as well as Caleb have seen agents uh, who have had a tremendous amount of success. Obviously you guys have, uh, and then you've also seen agents who struggle. And right now uh, it seems to be, it's kind of a really, of course, interesting time for a lot of reasons, we have an election coming up. We have, unfortunately, the pandemic that the country is, is still suffering uh, with. And we, but we also have really low interest rates for, uh, for, for home purchases. And we have um, a lot of people that, that, at least here in our local market in Chicago, it's kind of a neighborhood by neighborhood thing. But there's a lot of activity going on. And I don't know what it's like down, down in your, your area. I'm sure there's a lot of activity, too. Um, but there are a lot of agents right now that are looking at really busy, like about half of the agents I talk to on this podcast, everybody's busy because you're all top one percenters, but just agents in general that I speak to, half of them are like busier than they've ever been. And the other half are, are, are really not that busy. And so I'm just curious if you have any advice or any suggestions for agents that aren't so busy right now, um, what they might consider doing just to, you know, keep their name in front of their, their prospects, their sphere of influence or drumming up business. Just curious if you have any suggestions. 
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, to your point, I mean, I think the real estate business, whether you're in a pandemic year or a global recession or, you know, whatever it is, there's always adversity. And I think to Caleb's point, you know, at Spears Group, our business model is people first. And our value is what advisor role can we be in with our customers to best serve them? And right now it's extremely volatile. Uh, you know, whether you're an investor who has a million dollars looking for a yield and you start looking at your money market account and it's got a less than 1% yield and in interest right. here before it had double, maybe triple that if you were very fortunate. Um, it, it's hard. It's hard to find an asset that, that makes sense, a hard asset that you don't wake up tomorrow and it may have lost a third of its value. Um, and a lot of folks have shifted their view in our market to, to real estate as being that asset. And then you've got another crowd that has looked at their lifestyles, especially if they've you know, been like our family. We spent a couple months in quarantine and said, okay, these are the things that are really important to me. And my, my perspective of my job has changed. My perspective of my lifestyle is changing. Um, for Caleb and I and the rest of our team here at Spears Group, we've been really focused at how do we best advise our customers during these different roles and different changes that they're experiencing, which for most are very dramatic, very drastic. Uh, In comparison to this time last year, nothing like what they ever expected they'd be doing. Uh, How do we best serve them to to the highest ability? And for a market like ours, which um, has really skyrocketed like most regional markets during this pandemic due to the ability to, to safely social distance and uh, enjoy a naturalistic surrounding. Um, you know, how do we help them navigate a, a low inventory, all-time high uh, market situation? How do we make sure that it it fits their needs, not only as a family but also from an investment standpoint? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you have a lot of buyers because rates are where they're at, and uh, not as much inventory. Same same thing here in Chicago. So, are you dealing with a lot of multi currently as of right now? A lot of multiple offer situations. Um, I'm guessing that's that's probably pretty common. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So for for our business, we've had over 180 million in sales year to date, and so wow. it's a record year for us. Last year we did 135 million. Um, we're on track to close over 200 million by the end of this month. So we will um, not only be on par to set a personal record, but also to set a market record because there's not another agent in this market that's ever yielded those numbers. And it's in part due to the ascension of our luxury real estate, as well as this unprecedented demand. And so what we're seeing is uh, just a major gap in inventory. I can't hold on to inventory, which it's kind of a funny thing to say, because usually I'm carrying a hundred plus million in listings at any given time, constantly being regenerated and replaced. And now I find that listing inventory is not only more difficult to come by, but also a realistic price point is uh, a very difficult thing to find. So when we're interviewing a seller, we're trying to figure out what's their motivation and, you know, how can we best serve them while they're interviewing us inevitably to figure out if we're the right fit for them. So those are the problems that we're trying to solve right now. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, You know, you guys have been so successful here in, in your, in your area. And obviously this year on par to go over 200 million, um, is beyond incredible, uh, especially considering the fact that 
part of the year real estate was was dead uh, because of because of the stay at home order, um, and 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 the fact that you guys are are coming out of that with with more volume than you've ever done. I would and I know there isn't one answer to this question. So uh, Caleb, I'll start with you though. Um, what would you attribute the success not just of this year, but obviously the Spears Group has had tremendous success for for a period of, for a long period of time, and and obviously this year you guys are crushing it more than even before. Um, what would you say is is the key to your success? What separates your group from, we know how many realtors there are in Florida. You guys are not the only people in town, yet you're getting a lot of business um, in your area. Um, what do you, why do you think that is? Uh, love to hear Caleb's response. Well, you know, I'll tell you, there's, it, that's hard to just answer in, in sure. one quick blurb there, but I, I really think Jonathan set an amazing foundation when he first started. He mentioned he was working foreclosures. I mean, I think his first deal was like a, a trailer that was falling apart for like sure. 50,000. And it was, I mean, that was where he started. He started in literally, he was, he was honestly being modest. He started in the hardest market that our area has ever seen because right. of the oil spill, because of the economic depression, he built that business, this business that we have from the ground up. And he always had a very high focus on being the most educated real estate agent. Yeah that anybody has ever spoken to in their life. I mean, when you listen to Jonathan speak, it's like listening to someone that is two or three times his age with two or three times the experience in this business because he articulates real estate. He articulates value in the statistics of what's going on in the market at such a high level. I mean, Jonathan and Spears Group as a whole, we really take pride in being educated on the market and not really not leading our clients with our feelings or, well, I, you know, I feel like the market's busy. I feel like it's a little slow. We really know the stats and we lead with data and knowledge and, and really equip our buyers and sellers to make the best choice with that data. Yeah, it's, it's, that makes perfect sense to me and absolutely the answer I kind of expected to hear. Um, you guys, I'm assuming, consider yourselves more consultants than anything, I'm guessing, is you come in and you say, okay, based on what you told me, I'm going to come back to you with a solution uh, very different from, yep, let's get that house sold or let's get you out to look at properties. You, you guys are more data-focused, more data-driven, education-focused. Um, and the, the good news for all of our listeners is this are skills anybody can develop and it takes time. And what you have to do, in my opinion, and I'd love to hear your guys' opinion as well, is carve out time every day to learn. You know, carve out a certain percentage of your day, whether it's a half hour, an hour, more, however much time you have, and say, I need to learn XYZ skill. And then when you finish that skill, you're going to move on to another skill. Even if it's just, I'm going to study the MLS in my area for the next hour so I know the average home price and I know what condos are going for. I know what apartments are going for. I know what commercial real estate looks like, investment property properties, et cetera. And um, it's, it's sort of funny. There's that old expression. It's never, I, well, it's not, it was a book by Scott Peck, I think called, it's never crowded along the extra mile, but that is the extra mile is, is knowledge uh, in this industry. And especially in your area where so many people have their license, there's probably not a tremendous number of agents with the knowledge that, that the Spears group has uh, is my guess uh, of why you guys are so successful is you're, you're not only able to, uh, to promote yourselves, of course, you, can, you do that well, but you probably do that through the, the, the high level uh, of experience and, and knowledge uh, that, that you bring to your clients. 
Yeah, absolutely. You actually hit on something really interesting. So <clears throat> for some of the viewers out there that are either just getting started or maybe they're finding themselves in a quieter time in their business, whether, you know, the summer cycles come to an end or, um, you know, their, their markets kind of quieted down ahead of this election. One thing that I did that I, I believe was a key component of my success was identifying areas in the market that I was passionate about. So sometimes, like you mentioned, studying the MLS, you can study raw data and you can absorb it, but not absorb it completely. Right. And so for me, when I was, um, like Caleb mentioned, selling everything from uh, a $50,000 HUD house in Tallahassee to mm. you know million dollar houses here at the beach, I would focus on areas of the hot sheet every single day that caught my attention and what, what I was most interested in. And I started that by not only looking at the hot sheet once a day, twice a day, five times a day, 10 times a day, uh, but filtering from the top down. So yeah. where my interest was the luxury market and it's what I just naturally gravitated towards. Uh, someone else's interest may be really trying to help military families get placed with the right inventory and having that hot sheet dialed in to that area of the market that you're trying to not only farm, but also serve at the highest level. And so like Caleb mentioned, knowledge is power. And so for us, not only understanding what's coming and going from the market for a prospective buyer, but also for a prospective seller as well, and being able to tell the stories why certain houses transact is very important. Yeah, that boy, that makes just perfect sense. Um, you know, so, so just for everyone listening, if you, for example, we live in, I'm in here in Chicago, we have 44,000 realtors in, in our area. And it's so easy to want to be everything to all clients. Um, oh, you want to live in the suburbs, but, but you focus, you know, but as an agent, I focus in the city. No problem. I can help you do that. Well, maybe um, anyone can help somebody, uh, but do you really have the knowledge of that area to be able to best effectively help that customer? in a suburb 45 minutes away from downtown where you focus most of your energy. And the most successful agents I've had on the show say, no, I am not the best agent for that transaction. And they're willing to then pass that off to a colleague who maybe does you know, specialize in that area. But it's also something that as listeners, as Jonathan was saying, is, is pick, pick something that you are passionate about and hyper-focus, you know, learn everything about that, that market, that area, know what's available, learn the inventory, go to the, uh, in Chicago, we call them broker opens, they're open houses for agents, uh, go to those, learn everything about that area. We, I interviewed the, the top, the number two uh, top producer in Chicago um, not that long ago. And he said for the first five years, he just walked around and went into buildings. So he wanted to focus in a particular area in the city and just walked into buildings and said, tell me about this building. And he said, it took him five years. Then he goes, at the end of five years, he goes, I knew more than anybody. I just right. knew more than anyone. Um, so I'm sorry, that's I'm taking uh, over a bit. I apologize for that. But but that's basically what Jonathan and Caleb are saying is, is learn your your market, learn your niche. And, and the good news is it's not crowded on that extra mile. If you go that extra mile, you'll find there's just a few other people just like you, no matter how big the, the number of broke realtors are in your area. Right. Absolutely. And tell us about the Spears group. So how big is the group? Obviously you guys are doing 200 plus million in transactions. Yeah. Is it just the two of you? Or are there other members of the team? So Spears group started um, really out of a, a necessity for time. And I started mm. to see my life as I got married and we started expecting our first child. Um, I realized that I didn't have all the time in the day to serve my customers like I thought I did. Sure. And uh, I 
hired an assistant um, and my assistant turned into two assistants and then three assistants and then a buyer's agent and then another agent. And, um, you know, at this point we've got um, three full-time administrators plus a, a fourth one that helps out from time to time. And then I've also got four, um, four other agents alongside myself as well. So we've got a, a good group of 10, which is pretty incredible and, you know, really thankful to have. Yeah, that, that is incredible. And for, for anyone who's looking to join a team, um, obviously um, you, you've brought team members in and this is a huge hot button topic for agents that are on their own, you know, individual practitioners, they're always thinking, should I join a team? Do you have any advice, uh, Caleb? I mean, you joined the team. Um, do you have any advice for other agents who are really wanting to take their production to the next level? They see the value in joining a team uh, for the experience. Uh, maybe they can help with some of the marketing efforts or, or just, you know, getting more support. Um, any ideas about it? Because there's a million teams out there, um, how to choose maybe a team that that would be a, the best fit for someone. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it depends on what point in your business you're at, right? If you're a newer agent or, or newer to a certain market, maybe you just moved, the, the team you should really be looking for is someone that can be an educator, someone that's a market leader and, and who's yeah. also maybe a good teacher and willing to take the time or has someone already on their team. Um, like we have an administrative person, Brian, who he, he heads up training some of our newer agents, right? And so we have someone in that role that's going to help out and bring you up to speed on, on the stats that we were talking about, right? Or maybe just the best way to handle certain conversations, difficult conversations with clients that, because it's not good to practice those hard conversations with your clients. You really should be doing that ahead of a time, ahead of time through role play and, and, and coming up with some good scripts and dialogue. So if you're newer, maybe looking for something like that, if you're more experienced, but you want to take your business to the next level, again, I would look for a top producer, but I would look for someone like you said, that can share the marketing efforts, right? That can maybe, maybe they have a lot of listing inventory and they need someone to help them take on all the buyer calls and inquiries they're getting off their signs. So maybe go partner with someone like that, that can funnel you some more uh, business that you can work, you know, that, that you can almost operate more as a, as a partner instead of employee, employer type dynamic there. Right. Yeah, that makes sense too. And the, and the other reason that teams uh, can be very helpful, especially to newer agents is open house opportunities. You know, Absolutely. this is a, a great a great way when you don't have your own clients yet or in your in-between clients. Uh, my girlfriend just got her license and so she is, she joined uh, the company she joined and she is like begging every person she meets, please, can I come do an open house for you? And it's, I, t I told her, I'm like, that is a, probably the smartest thing you could possibly be doing. Um, and uh, so, so I, are uh, our, our open houses in, in this age down in, in your area, are they still, are they popular? Are they, are they getting traffic? Just out of curiosity. They're yeah. a little bit slower in our area. Um, yeah. it, they, they're still certainly very much alive and well, but because we're a second home market, the foot traffic, you have to time it right. There's yeah. cause it's not like we have a, a standing population. We have, we have a standing population around 20 to 30,000 people, depending on what area you're looking at. Cause we cover a pretty wide space. Um, we get two to 3 million visitors during the summer. So it, it depends on timing with open houses and, and um, also location. 
being in the right place at the right time, right? Picking the right streets that are going to have foot traffic on the way to maybe like a beach path because we're a big beach town. Smart. And uh, yeah, so think little things like that, but it's certainly still alive and well and still a very viable way to get some amazing buyers walk through the door. That's yeah, that's incredible. I have Jonathan, I have a question for you. So um, you, we, and Caleb too, I'd like to get both your opinions. So we, we went through a, a state, you mentioned this sort of stay at home quarantine that happened earlier this year. Um, it's possible and, and hopefully un, hopefully avoidable, but it's possible we could be heading back into uh, something like that. Um, of course, we hope that nobody wants that to happen. Um, if that were to happen, knowing, knowing sort of how, what, living through that experience before, and I am sure uh, you did probably all the right things uh, that that an agent were to do while they were sort of in limbo and and every everything was kind of on pause. I'm curious on what advice you'd have to to agents or what you guys might even do should that happen again, since all of a sudden people aren't able to go to showings. And I know you've, Jonathan, you, you've even said, and we this this was all done before, before the interview, but you'd even said, there's a lot of people that have purchased properties without ever seeing them or without ever meeting you, of course, because of, of the nature of, of your area. Um, but if we do go into a, a lockdown again, um, what would you do or what would you guys do to keep your business, not necessarily growing, but but at least moving? Um, what are some of the things that, that, that you think you would, you would do? That's actually a great question for us. When the lockdown happened originally, um, you know, like everyone else, we got on Amazon and ordered way too much snacks. Um, I probably have uh, more cheddar bunnies in my garage for my two-year-old than I could, uh, or we could ever eat. But for me, uh, it was making sure that I had a reason to reach out to past clients and potential prospects. And down here at the beach, most people buy houses. And let's just say you're in quarantine in Dallas. You can't make it by your house. You don't know is, you know, is there a leak? Is there anything going on over there? So one thing that we were able to do in a very safe manner, uh, socially distanced manner was check on homes for um, other folks. We were still considered an essential worker in Florida. And so we were able to, to venture out and about. And it was a contactless uh, effort that we were able to make. And it was one that was deeply appreciated by a lot of different people in our area, whether they were customers or not. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we were about community outreach at that time. And it took that inward focus into our business and actually changed our perspective to look inwardly at the community as a whole and look for areas that we could serve while also being able to respect the, um, the, the healthcare guidelines. So that was something that we did then. And that's probably what I would go to immediately if that happened sure. again, on top of everyone else, we became very proficient at zoom. And so even sure. today, our uh, team meetings are able to be completed remotely and we're able to check in on people face to face, which is really nice. So, that so would you be- would base. Yeah, no, I just want to, I just want to make sure I understand because this is such a smart idea. So you would call somebody that you sold a home to years ago, maybe even Absolutely. and say, Hey, um, are you, are you in Florida or are you in wherever you, you probably already know that and say, Hey, is it, I'm going to go ahead and just do a, a drive by. I'm going to take a walk around the property, make right. sure everything looks okay. Um, that's an incredible thing to do. I've never uh, I've interviewed a lot of people um, since during the stay at home or nobody has said that before. Um, that is a really remarkable thing. And I wonder how many other agents in your area would ever even think to, to make, to do that service. And I imagine um, 
it's an unsolicited service. It's not like the client called you and said, Hey, do you mind running by the house and seeing, um, that had to be so well received. I can't imagine anyone. They must've been blown away that you would think to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it opens up dialogue. You can genuinely ask how they're doing. And again, our business is relationships. You know, people yeah. do business with you because they like you right. and nine times out of 10, it's also because you understand the area you've had success before, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that you guys connect. And so for me, I want to make sure that I connected with all of my customers and, and really, I mean, even the amount of time that we were in quarantine wasn't enough time to reach out to everybody and, uh, you know, check in to see how they're doing. So um, regardless of whether, you know, the pandemic ensues or not, we will find ways that we can reach out to, to our database and create value. That's, that's amazing. And, and I, I have just one, one additional question about, um, going back to just servicing the, the tourists that come into your area. Um, how do you guys market yourself? Now, of course, with the statistics, you guys put up the numbers, your, the reputation. Um, of course, people are going to know you in the community because you're so prominent. You sell so much real estate. But to somebody tr moving into the area who doesn't know any realtor, how do you guys go about you know, getting in front of those people? What are some of the efforts that you engage in? Um, what works for you? What doesn't work? I'm just curious when it comes to an area where the mass influx of people come in from outside and they're there for a short period of time and then they leave. Um, how do you develop those relationships? Caleb, I'll let you take this one. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the initial contact because we've got a large amount of listing inventory comes from sign calls and open houses, like you mentioned and things wow. of that nature, um, being fortunate to be the top team in the market. Oftentimes people will just Google top agent and <laughs> sure. top agent on 30A and we'll yeah. get internet based leads that way. Um, so that's huge. Another way that I really find is, is a great way to sustain that business from out of town is just by continuing to stay in contact with my out of town clients. Sure. And inevitably they're going to have a network of friends that want to be at the beach too, or want another home. Right. And so we are able to just uh, to continually keep in front of those past clients and, uh, and create referral business. Um, so those are a few of the, the main ways that we do that. And then from there, w once we lead with, with the data, like we talked about, and we're really helping them make educated decisions. Like I had a client call me from LA the other day and we had never spoken before. They called us online. They found us online and they said, we're looking to come into your area. We want to buy an investment property. Is, sure. is this, you know, is, is one, two, three main street, a good investment property. And I said, yeah, absolutely. That's a great investment property. Tell me a little bit more about what that means to you though. What are you looking for? And as they went into their goals, I discovered that they actually may want to move here a year from now, right? And I told them, hey, moving here a year from now, that property is going to make you money for the next year, for sure. That's a great rental property. But if you're going to live there, that's in a community that's largely short-term rental based. So you're going to right. have very transient neighbors. Right. They're going to be in and out all the time. There are some other neighborhoods that you can still make rental income in the meantime, good money. But there's a lot of more, there's a lot more primary home, pure secondary home residents. Sure. You're going to have. And so just being able to, to educate them and really lead the client um, to me is the best way to create a lasting, strong relationship and position yourself as an advisor when you do get the chance to talk to someone from out of town. Yeah. Again, making perfect sense. You know, the, the, by the way, 
every realtor listening is going, boy, I wish I got a call like that. Um, but the reality of it is, is those calls happen all the time. And what a lot of agents will do is say, absolutely great property. Let's go, let's go take a look, let's buy it. And they don't spend the time like Caleb was saying and saying, well, it is a good opportunity, but do you want to live among rent? You know, you said you're going to be moving here in the next year or they didn't say that you had to ask them and then, okay, based on what you told me, there's a lot of renters here. And do you really want to live among renters? I have some other ideas of places that you can check out that would maybe be around more, more homeowners. Um, and again, that's value. That's a tremendous value because anyone can find that property online. Anyone can call the listing agent. It's all free information. Um, or they can contact someone like you and say, I want to go see that property. And you say, yes, yes. And let's just get a little bit more information. And, oh, by the way, I've, I have some other options for you. Um, that, that, that's absolutely what, what, uh, what makes perfect sense to me that why you guys are so successful. And, and as we're wrapping up, I would like to, to know if there's anyone out there in the Destin area, the 30A uh, community, as well as anywhere in Northwest Florida that is looking to work with the top team in the area and wants to work with, with the Spears Group. Um, what is the best way that a buyer, a seller, a renter, an investor, anyone who's looking for an agent and, and you know, again, top agents who really know that area, what's the best way they should reach out to you? Yeah. So the best way to reach out to us is on any of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Instagram uh, at Spears Group and also through our website, spearsgroupfl.com. So we've got not only a great resource there for uh, new and coming soon listings, but also a way to reach out to our team. And we look forward to connecting with you. And it, it is a really great website. I encourage everyone who's listening, whether you're an agent or you're maybe looking to work with, with an agent, go to spearsgroupfl.com. Uh, take a look. They have a beautiful website um, and really speaks to the luxury market that they service. Of course, they don't only circus, service luxury uh, properties, but it is that is their specialty. So definitely reach out uh, to them via their, their website. All their social media accounts are linked to on their site as well. Again, spearsgroupfl.com. And I also particularly want to thank Jonathan because he was supposed to be on a Jameson, or I'm sorry, a Sotheby's call for top producers because he is of the top, top producer. And he, and he, uh, he decided to do our show instead. So we, on behalf of the audience, we thank you for putting aside your, uh, your top producer uh, call for us, uh, which uh, our, we're a top producer show too, but we really appreciate it. Um, so on behalf of the audience to Caleb and Jonathan, we really say thank you. Um, you guys are amazing. I don't, you don't have time to do this and you both took time out of your day to do this. So we, we really appreciate it and thank you. On, and on behalf of Jonathan, Caleb and myself, to the audience, we also want to say thank you for continuing to listen and support our show. We ask everybody to do, actually, I'm going to ask you to do three things. Number one, go to spearsgroupfl.com. Check out what the Spears Group offers. Uh, and also, if you're just an agent looking to see what an amazing website looks like and how they tell a story of their group, that website does a magnificent job of that. And the other two things we'd like you to do is please tell a friend. Think of one other agent that could use a boost in their motivation to grow their business, or they just not sure what to do. And they, if they heard this interview with Jonathan and Caleb, 
Maybe it would help them uh, move out of their, un- their stuck position and send them a link to our show or anyone you know that just wants to hear from top producers. Uh, the easiest way to do that is to visit our website, keepingitrealpod.com. We have every episode we've ever done on there. We think we're the largest podcast now in the country for realtors. We're super honored and, and grateful to our audience. Please continue to tell a friend. And the second thing is to follow us on Facebook. We are at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. We all we post there are uh, articles that we find online designed to help agents grow their business and links to all of our episodes. Jonathan, Caleb Spears, thank you guys so much from the Spears Group in, uh, in Northwest Florida. Uh, you guys are amazing, total superstars. We're so honored to have you. And uh, we, we wish you guys, I, well, I won't even wish you luck because you guys already have all the success uh, because of all the things you're doing. So I'm excited to see and to chart your continued success as you guys continue to take over uh, the Florida market. So thank you guys so much. And uh, for all of our listeners, thank you. And we will see you guys on the next episode. It was an honor. Thank you. Thank you.